we'll just go ahead and we'll pray as I'm coming down. Father, I just thank you. Father, for your word. Father, it changes us. Father, it causes us to be transformed. causes our minds to be renewed. When our minds are renewed, then we can put our flesh under. We can be in control of our flesh. Father, I just thank you that until we do that, we cannot do that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so, Father, we do renew our mind. We do make our bodies a living sacrifice. We do uh, receive uh, the change and the transformation from your word. And, Father, we go from glory to glory, and we go from faith to faith. And, Father, we get conformed to your image, and we thank you. It's all because of the word. The creative power, the same power that created the universe, is recreating our thinking and our mind, our attitudes and our actions, and our life before you, and we thank you for it. Give me clarity of mind tonight, articulation of speech, boldness of spirit. Father, give each one here ears to hear, hearts to receive, and a will to be doers of the word tonight. We'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Well, tonight, I want to talk about not having a troubled heart in troubled times. How many of you noticed we've been hit again by the terrorists last week? And, you know, uh, the bombs and uh, the one that was up in Minnesota who ran through the mall, stabbing people. And was it, I mean, the bombs are in New York. And then there wasn't there just another one like today or yesterday? Seems like there was something else. But anyway, there's been several things that have happened again. You know, we almost get so used to it, we don't even pay attention anymore. That's pretty bad. And, uh, but how many of you uh, sometimes wonder, what, what, what is this, how is this all going to end? What's going to come of all this? Anybody wonder, you know, when Hillary wants to, you know, 500% more people coming in from, from areas where there's all kinds of Muslims and terrorists mixed in with those, those people and, and just open the doors wide and it's just a lot of things destroying our economy. It's like a Trojan horse. We're getting uh, some good people, so the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything, everything all mixed together. We don't know what's coming in. We don't have any way of vetting them. And it's, it's troubled times. How many of you know the Bible uh, told us that we would have perilous times? But, you know, I think that we have to focus not on the problem, but we need to focus on the solution. Amen? And we need to focus on what we can do to keep from uh, getting into that place of fearing. And I want to turn and I want to open up tonight with Isaiah 41.10. And we're just going to talk about uh, not having a troubled heart in troubled times. You don't have to have a troubled heart. You know, the Bible says men's heart will fail them in the last days. Uh, You know, Dr. Lonnie doesn't want your heart to fail. It's not a pretty thing when somebody's heart fails. I don't want to have heart failure. Any of you want to have heart failure? I believe that doesn't just mean your heart, heart, uh, your spiritual heart, but I think that's even in some way connected to your physical heart. And uh, who is that lady that we, we watched, the, the brain uh, surgeon lady? And Yeah, Carolyn Leaf says that there, there's this uncanny connections between our spirit and our, and our physical being. But look what it says. Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Wow. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confused. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with thee shall perish. Whew. Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing, as a thing of naught. For I, 
the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. How many of you glad that God gives us promises? He's going to be with us. He tells us not to fear. He's going to be with us, and he'll be with us. Then he tells us again, don't fear. Did you know the Bible tells us over 500 times the phrase, fear not, is in the Bible over 500 times. Wow, that's a lot more times than it says to be born again. That's a lot more times than it says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a lot more times than it talks about heaven. It's a lot more times than it talks about hell. But 500 times. Why do you think it's in there so much? Because people are so prone to fear. Psychosomatic diseases, uh, you know, 80, some people say 80-some percent. Some, I don't know the exact statistics anymore. I've, I've heard all kinds of statistics that are psychosomatic, which is basically fear-based uh, problems that occur uh, in, in your psyche, and then it affects your body. You know, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So a fearful heart probably does, good like, does bad like a sickness. You can just think of the antithesis of that. So, you know, God really talks about not being in fear. Fear is a big deal with God. It's a real insult to him. And then go with me to Joshua 1.9. Here's another good one. I mean, we, we could go to like 500 different ones. So we're not going to take a lot of time because we know that it is all throughout the Bible and that we, we know that uh, there is just all kinds of references. Uh, and Joshua 1.9 says this. It says, then Joshua, excuse me, and have not I commanded thee. Everybody say commanded thee. Do you know you're commanded to be strong? Have not I commanded thee? How many of you know it's not an option to be strong? How many of you know it's not an option to be bold? How many of you know we're commanded to be bold? Have I not commanded thee, be strong and be of good courage? We're commanded. Then he doesn't ask, he commands him again, and be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. You know, if the Lord says he's with you and then you continue to be afraid, you must esteem the devil bigger and mightier than the Lord. Now, if I had the world champion MMA fighter with me and I go into a room and there's some guy, you know, some barroom brawler, like we go into some store and he gets cops in attitude and wants to fight, and I'm like, you know, this guy's my bodyguard and, and I'm all scared to death and and that MMA champion say, hey, what's wrong with you? I can take this guy out. What are you all so afraid about? And uh, it would be kind of insulting that I would fear this guy over here more than the, the, the world champion MMA fighter. See, and, and Jesus doesn't know why we revere the devil more than him, because that's what we do when we fear the devil. Can I get an amen? That's a revering the devil more than we revere him when we have fear in life. So it's bad and fear, you know, uh, you know, the Bible talks about meditation. And I'm going to read that. The verse before that, I find it very interesting. Because this is the cure for, he tells us not to do it, but really the cure for fear is in verse 8. Look what it says. Now, you all hear me quote this like at least one time a sermon, it seems like. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then thou shalt make thy ways prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. Meditating on the word produces faith to do. Can I get an amen? Speaking it 
and meditating upon the word produces in you faith to do it. Let me say it again. Speaking and meditating on the word produces faith to do it. But what we do is we speak and we meditate on the things that scare us so that we won't do it. See, meditation is worry in reverse. Everybody say it. Meditation is worry in reverse. Amen. And worry, everybody say it with me, worry is meditation in reverse. And it's perverse. And it's insulting to Almighty God. Everybody get that? So we got the meditators who meditate on all the wrong things. And you can tell it because they say all the wrong things. And you can tell it because they never do anything. And they don't do anything because they never have any faith. Can I get an amen? And see, he told that to them right before they went into the land of the giants. He, he told them that Joshua 1-8 formula right before he said, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. And for the Lord thy God is with me. Let me read it again. And be not... Have I not commanded thee, be strong and be of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And I find it interesting he said that right after Joshua 1.8. So he taught him how to meditate on the right thing, and then he commanded him to do the right thing. If you'll think upon it, and you'll speak it, you'll do it, and you'll follow the command of God. And you know what? The Joshua generation did it. I find it interesting that Moses never wrote it down and said to meditate on it, to speak it day and night. Nowhere did Moses tell the people when they came out of Egypt. You you can't find it any place. You can't find, you know, he came down to the Ten Commandments. They made him mad. He busted them into pieces. He came down. They were worshiping, you know, the golden calf. And did the Moses generation go in and take the land? No. Did the Joshua generation go in and take the land? Yes. And you look at the main thing right before Joshua goes in and takes the land. He gives him this very clear how-to, you know, meditate day and night, let the book not depart out of your mouth, that you might be able to do according to all that's written there, and then thou shalt have, make thy ways prosperous, and you shall have good success. And they went in, and they were prosperous, and they had good success, and they took the land because they meditated upon the word and they they spoke on it and then they had no fear of the giants, they had no fear of the walled cities like the first generation did. But the first generation, you don't see Moses telling them to meditate upon it day and night. You don't see Moses telling them to speak it and not let it depart out of their mouth. And what departed out of their mouth was, you called us to go out here and we're going to die out here in this stupid wilderness and what the heck did you bring us out here for, Moses? Take us back to Egypt. Boy, they were just the op- they were the warriors, and they were speaking day and night the bad things, and they are meditating day and night on their circumstances and their giants and their walled cities. Therefore, they stayed in fear, and they had a troubled heart, and they became wanderers. Now, I'm going to tell you, that wandering thing has just been on me for the last couple weeks. And I'm going to read Jeremiah again, what it says about wanderers. I tell you, wanderers are in a bad way. 
Thus saith the Lord unto this people, thus have they loved to wander. They have not refrained their feet. Therefore the Lord doth not accept them. That's the children of Israel. They wandered because they were in fear. He will now remember their iniquity. You know, in many places he says, I'll forget your iniquity. But now he says, I'll remember your iniquity and visit their sins. Then said the Lord unto me, pray not for this people. Just the opposite. I'll remember your iniquities and don't pray for them. You know, usually he's talking about forgiving their iniquities and he's telling somebody to pray for them. But a wander, no. God does not like when people wander. Then said the Lord unto me, pray not for this people for their good. And when they fast, I'll not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and oblation, I will not accept them. But I'll consume them by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. And holy trinity of horrors. So, you see, there's something about, if you'll meditate around the right things, if you'll say the right things, you'll be a Joshua generation winner. You'll not be a Moses murmuring generation bunch of losers. Can I get an amen? They can't take their promised land. Let me tell you something. It's a big deal not being in fear. It's a big deal being in faith with God. It's no small thing. So we can see that Moses, that generation, feared and they murmured. And you look at, you know, Numbers 14, 1 through 4. It says they murmured against Moses in there. And they murmured against the Lord in the vision. They said we're going to die out here in this. And then later on, God says, you're going to have exactly what you said. We all know all that stuff. See, my family, we had, we, before we were saved, you know, we are a big Roman Catholic family, all nine of us. And, and, and we, we liked... I don't know if we liked it, but, but we were into fearful things. <laughs> now, doesn't that sound stupid? But I remember, how many remember the, the show Dark Shadows? Now Spencer does. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But, you know, we used to watch Dark Shadows. Anybody watch Dark Shadows? Yeah, Terry, Paul. We used to watch that garbage. That'd get me so scared. I was in the middle of the day, and I'd get scared. I didn't go off and hide someplace. I was a little kid. I remember my sisters watched Rosemary's Baby. How many of you saw that one? You don't want to say that. Paul saw that one too. Paul's batting almost 300 here. <laughs> How many of you saw The Exorcist? Now that's the ultimate. Oh my gosh. The same too, Terry and Paul. <laughs> Come get up here. Come up here. We're going to have a prayer line. Denounce that stuff. I didn't watch The Exorcist, and I didn't watch Rosemary's Baby. I just saw like two seconds of it. It scared me to death. I went and hid in the, in the house. But nobody was home, so I didn't know. I was too scared to go to my room and be alone in the dark out on the farm. We didn't have a lot of lights out on that farm. It was really dark at night. I was too scared to go in the living room with my sisters and watch the movie. I was caught between the devil and the dark blue sea and the deep blue sea or something, however they said that. I was scared to death. I didn't have a place to go. I think a demon started to accompany me after that because I had a spirit of fear ever since that time. It's, it's gone now, but there's a long time. But my, my family used to be in fear. My sister, I, I'll never forget, my sister, it was about, it was, a, it was a hot August night. It was in the summer, and my sister was in high school, and she was staying up real late, and I think I've told the story before, but she was sitting on the couch. and It was before we had air conditioning, and the windows were open, and we were running fans, and I can remember... Uh, you know, right into our living room was our front door. Our front door went right directly in our living room. We had our television in our living room. 
It's a little, just a farmhouse, just a small farmhouse. And my sister was laying there on the couch, and she was in her nightgown. And it was like 12.30 in the morning, and she was watching a scary movie. And she looked up and saw on the other side of that screen door a guy stand there with blood all over his face. How many, how many ladies would that kind of disturb you just a little bit? 1.30 in the morning. She's the only one up. She's on the couch. She just has on this little night thing. And, she's, and that guy's just standing there looking at her with blood all over his face. Not, not the type of thing you want to have happen to your daughter. And, and she looked up and, and it scared her really bad. And, and she says, can I help you? And he goes, yes, yes, we just went in the ditch. And so oh, this guy just got in the ditch. But she didn't stand in there. And, and so, uh, you know, she... Uh, Ran upstairs and got my dad out of bed. You know, when you're a farmer, this happens. You see people go in the ditch. And there was a bridge that they had replaced. And it was uh, one of those things where they took the bridge out. And then you went down. And they made a little uh, dirt thing over the water. And, but it rained. And so it got all muddy down there. And they went down in there with a the truck. And it got stuck. So they walked to our house. And there was another guy standing there right beside him, too. But the one had a bloody face was looking at her. And, and so then uh, my dad gets up. And he goes down there. And. He pulls him out, or tries to pull him out. He couldn't get him out. So then they said, well, just take us down to the bar in Montour and drop us off, and we'll call, and somebody will pick us up from there. So he did. And next morning we wake up, and the police, the, the sheriff's out in our, uh, he's knocking on the front door of our house. He says, you know whose truck that is down there? And my guy says, yeah, the guys I helped last night. Tried to pull him out, took him down, dropped him off. He says, well, that's a stolen truck, and they're both... Uh, escapees from Fort Madison, a maximum security prison. <laughs> That's scary stuff. But those are the type of things, you know, how many know the devil wants to fill you full of fear? And if you, and I think this, if you give yourself to it, he'll bring more on. He'll bring it on. And it's like, it's like he, he's, he'll help you get into more fear. And so it takes courage to do God's will and, and to live a godly life and and to stand up against the devil and all these things. And, you know, there's only two forces in the world, and there's only two motives. And really, there's only two, love and faith and death and fear. Hatred and fear. Turn with me to 1 John 4, 17 and 18. 1 John 4, 17 and 18. We're talking about keep having, not having a troubled heart in troubled times. I don't know about you, but it seems to me like there's a lot of... Stuff on television. How many of you know Ghostbusters is back and it's a big deal? I, I don't know what the big infatuation was in the first place. But anyway, First John four seventeen and 18. It says, Herein is love made perfect that we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. And there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. See, perfect love casts out fear. God, God's perfect love towards us will, will take fear away. And if we have faith in that love, faith worketh by love. If we have faith in that love towards us, fear will begin to leave our lives. Now that's the, the one force. Either you are planting yourself, in the love of God and the faith of God. You, you, putting your faith in the love of God. Everybody say, I put my faith, put my 
in God's love towards me. I put my faith in God's love towards me. You can't put your faith in your, your ability to earn God's love because you'll always fail. Amen? You've got to put your faith in God's love towards you. That's very important that you understand that. Now, let's look at the other side of the coin, and let's go to Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. And let's see how the devil works. Not that we want to spend a whole lot of time there or, you know, exalt that, but look what it says over there in Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. It says some really interesting things. And it says, for, my, excuse me, for as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part in the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. How many of you know Jesus destroyed death by his death? And deliver them who were through fear of death. Everybody say fear of death. Did you know all fear has the common denominator of ultimately the fear of death? Everything ultimately revolves from and emanates from the foundation fear. The foundation fear ultimately is losing your life in the temporal and even more so in the eternal context. So it says, He also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death as the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. If you fear death, you're subject to bondage. If you fear death, the devil can manipulate you. I wouldn't want to do that. Somebody get killed going out there and preaching to those type of people. Can't do that because I, I, I fear you, you might get killed. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to do this or that. Because, you know, it's going to harm me and, and I could die. But, but if he destroyed him, had, had the power over death. You see, he destroyed that power of death. And even when we die physically, we don't die. We live. We're more alive when we get rid of this old death-ridden body than we are when we wore this death-ridden body. Can I get an amen? We're more alive when we leave this death-infested thing called our body we become more alive and then we await and we put on a body that's completely full of life and it's a new glorified body can i get an amen we're more alive after we die than we were when we were alive so you can't kill us just like they couldn't kill jesus and now the same resurrection power that was in jesus lives in us and you can't kill us ultimately because then God's going to give us a new glorified body, and then he's going to recreate the world, cause the world to get born again, and there'll be a recreation, and we'll come back down here and inhabit uh, this world uh, with the new body, and then we, we're, etern- we, we're immortal. You can't, you can't die. Now, you might have to go through death's door, but you, but, you, but you don't end up in death. Can I get an amen? We end up in greater life. So now we don't have to fear the death or what the devil might do to us And if that's true, that's the basis of all fear. And if that's true, then we shouldn't have fear anymore. Can I get an amen? And perfect love should cast out that fear, knowing that God loves us, and that he defeated him who had the power of death, and he took away his power of death over us because he loves us, and therefore death, uh, I mean, perfect love casts out all that fear. 
See, but a lot of people don't live that way because they don't renew their mind to what they really have in the new birth and in our future hope uh, of, of eternity. Somebody say amen. The devil imposes fear of death on people all the time. Jesus offers faith in, in, his, in his love towards us. And, you know, it's the demonic strongholds that keep people in fear. And fear will, you know, two, you know, two motivators. Adolf Hitler was an antichrist, and he was trying to and would have, in, possibly, if we wouldn't have stopped him, ruled the world with fear. Can I get an amen? Adolf Hitler and, and Antichrist ruled the world with fear. Jesus will rule the world with love. So those are some things. But we're already in the kingdom of God, which is governed and ruled by God's love, and we don't have to have fear. So in, in first, 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And it's timidity, but that's, that is still a type of fear that revolves around you. It's all about you, and we fear because of us. And so timidity and fear, God has not given us that kind of a spirit. If we're walking in that, we're not walking out of our born-again human spirit. We're operating out of an unrenewed mind. Somebody say amen. We're operating out of an unrenewed mind if we're in fear. Because that is not part of the equipment that's inherent in our born-again spirit man and the soul that gets renewed through that. But what, do, what has he given us? We have been given the spirit of faith, it says in 2 Corinthians 4.13. Go ahead and just turn there to 2 Corinthians 4.13. That we have the spirit of faith. And faith is what brings the understanding. Faith works by love. And why does our faith work by love, it says in Galatians? Because love casts out all fear. And so faith works by love because we, we put our faith in God's love. Can I get an amen? It's the one thing in this world that you can trust is God's love. You can't really trust your ability to be good enough. You have to trust in God's lovingness to forgive us and show us grace and mercy. And Because you can't earn that. There's nothing you can do to improve upon that. There's nothing you can do uh, to be uh, worthy of that. So look what it says in verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken... We also believe, and therefore we speak. And knowing that, which is, now wait a minute, we have in the same spirit of faith, that's the part I wanted to, to point out. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken, we also believe, therefore we speak. And that's Joshua 1.8. See, he was inculcating into them in Joshua 1.8 the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith speaks and it believes. It meditates and it speaks. So we have, how, how many of you realize you have a spirit of faith? Your spirit wants to believe. Brother Hagin says, but lots of times you'll be, uh, you'll be encountering your mind that wants to be in fear. How many of you know the Bible says we, with the heart man believes? And I want to say it, and with the head we doubt. The heart is a believer and the head is a doubter. That's why you got to get your heart in charge of your head instead of your head in charge of your heart. Your heart is the transcendent, divine recreation where the Holy Spirit lives. The head is a stupid thing that has to be renewed. Somebody say amen. It's absolutely the truth. And so the heart wants to believe, for what the heart man believes under righteousness. The heart wants to believe, the head wants to doubt. 
That's why your heart has to get in charge of your head. And when it says that we're to renew our mind, who do you think that's talking to? It's talking to our spirit man dealing with our head. It tells us to renew our mind. It doesn't tell the mind to renew itself. Can I get an amen? It doesn't tell the mind to renew itself. It doesn't tell your body to renew your mind. It's talking to your spirit man renewing your mind. So we need to renew our mind with our spirit needs to take charge. The real you. The man on the inside, your heart. The gut level, real, deep down you that has those senses of what's right and wrong. So Satan operates by one's fear and God operates by one's faith. And Satan has access to your life by fear. God has access to your life by faith. Faith is what opens the door for Jesus to come in. Fear is believing in something bad Satan's doing is going to happen. Fear is the way that Satan has access to come into your life. How many of you know that that's true? Proverbs 10, 24, the fear of the wicked. Let's just, everybody turn to Proverbs 24. You ought to, you ought to memorize this verse. If you've never memorized this verse, you should have memorized this verse a long time ago. Proverbs 10, 24. Proverbs 10 and 24. It says, the fear of the wicked, it shall come upon them. It shall. Fear is how the devil has access to you. Faith is how God has access to you. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon them, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. What's desire? Well, desire is what causes faith. Mark eleven twenty four. whatsoever things you desire when you pray, if you believe you receive it, you shall have it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Well, hoped for and desire is exactly the same thing. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, desire of the righteous. Everybody say, the desire of the righteous. So, again, in Psalms 137.4, tells us that he'll give you the desires of your heart. So, desire is a God thing. You know, a lot of people don't have, you know, fears about spooky things, but they fear doing things. Henry Ford once said, one of the greatest discoveries a man makes... One of his greatest surprises is to find out that he can do what he was afraid to do. Like getting up and speaking in public or, or going and being able to hold a job or going out and confronting somebody about something that you're afraid to confront them about. Edward Burke once said, No passion so effectively robs the mind of all of its power of acting and reasoning as fear. Another great person said this. I don't know how to say his name. Sakinshay Commandeer said this. The death of fear is found in doing what you fear to do. How many of you know acting is a faith thing? A faith without corresponding action is dead. Faith is always an acting thing or doing thing, and it dispels fear. This person said, the death of fear is found in doing what you fear to do. It's like in your face, devil. You're trying to make me afraid to do this. Therefore, I'm going to do it. That's the, that's the attitude we ought to have. Amen? If I'm afraid to do it, that's exactly the thing that I need to start doing. And be more than a conqueror. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, 
Always do what you're afraid to do. Like the Nike commercial, just do it. Martin Luther King once said, Courage faces fear and thereby masters it. Cowardice represses fear and is mastered by it. The more you put off doing it, the, big, the more cowardly and fearful you'll become. Somebody say amen. amen. It's the truth. I mean, that's biblical. That's not just some old guys talking. That's, that's what the Bible teaches. So we, we need to be, uh, you know, strong in that. Faith always prevails over fear. We need to act on faith against fear and just do the opposite. Proverbs 21 says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth. See, they won't fight. They won't act. Fleeing is really relinquishing back and, and avoiding the fight. Because we're more than conquerors. We fight the fight of faith. The Lord is a man of war. Everything about, you know, be good soldiers and endure hardness. Everything about us is a fight right now. Can, can you get an amen on that? The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Faith cannot fear, excuse me, faith and fear cannot coexist. Turn with me to Mark 5, 35 and 36. Mark 5, 35 and 36. I like this, this scripture. It's really powerful. It's, you know, Jesus, he had just healed the woman uh, who came up and touched the hem of his garment, or she received healing from him, I should say more correctly. And, and so she has just gotten healed. And then the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, comes running up to her. He says, my daughter... She's sick. She's at home dying. And would you come and heal her? And, of course, Jesus says this to him. First off, before anything else, he says this in verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. So circle afraid and believe. And circle be not afraid and only believe. You cannot be afraid and believe at the same time. Say with me, you cannot be afraid and believe at the same time. Because they're really the perverted faith in the bad and the godly faith in the good. And you can't have perverted faith in the bad and godly faith in the good at the same time. You cannot operate. You, if you have fear, you've got to empty yourself from fear. You've got to get in faith and that will dispel the fear. Really, you just need to get into faith and fear will leave. Somebody say amen. So get out of fear and you'll... Be in faith, or get in faith, and fear will begin to leave. So let me give you five quick things. Hopefully we, I don't know, I forgot my watch. So we got just a little bit of time here. Just some things that you need to do to overcome fear. Operate from your spirit, not your soul, and not your emotions. Emotions are a, are a very messy thing that need to be dealt with, like, like a, a stupid little dog that you're training to, to sit down, roll over, and jump through the hoop. Your emotions are fickle. They're, they're, they're out of control. They make no sense. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Everybody say a spirit of fear. You've got to get over into the spirit realm where you're bigger than the devil. You know in your flesh you're not bigger than the devil. Smith Wigglesworth says, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. See, in your flesh, the devil will win if you go into the flesh arena. If you go into the mental arena, the devil will win. But if you go into the spiritual arena where you're recreated in the image of God born-again creature filled with the Holy Ghost, the creator of the entire universe, for greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, and he lives in you in your spirit, not your brain, not your body. He lives in your spirit. 
So you got to take the devil on in the arena of the spirit. Can I get an amen? You got to understand that. Because that's where we have the spirit of faith, and faith overcomes fear. Amen? And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. Everybody say, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. See, God is in our spirit, man. Our mightiness is through God. And where is God? God's in your spirit, man. So they're mighty through God. They're not mighty through your great intellect. They're not mighty through your strong body uh, and your capable body. They're mighty through any other thing except through God. And God is where? God is in your spirit. So number one, operate from your spirit, not your soul, not your emotions, not your body, not your feelings, not, you know, your money or, or, or you're resting on, on some other thing that you think is going to make you victorious. You've got to operate out from your spirit. Number two, you need to speak to fear. You can't think fear away. You cannot think fear away. It will not go. You have to speak to fear. Somebody say amen. amen. David spoke to Goliath, and that was the consummate fear uh, of all who were standing there. And it says, Saul stood there and feared, and all of his men feared with him, it says, in the first part of that chapter. 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to go to verse 45 and 46. And, and, and David didn't think, go away, Goliath. He didn't think, I hope I beat him. He didn't hope that he would somehow stumble. He, he, he didn't, he didn't uh, try to just have a lot of, muster up a lot of courage. David didn't do any of those things. Look what David did. Then said David to the Philistine. Philistine is a type of the devil. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear. Doesn't deny the reality. There's a sword and spear coming at him. Doesn't deny it. Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but... I come to thee in the name of the Lord. See, he, he, he was going into the spiritual realm, the, holy, the, the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will I, excuse me, will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. Again, he's saying the Lord will do it. And I'll smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I'll give the car, your carcass to the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know how great I am. Oh, it doesn't say that, does it? So everybody will know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. So we need to realize that we have to speak to your fears. Second Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, it says, the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Casting down, tearing down strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, now you look at Saul, he let Goliath speak to him. Let's go back. Let's look at the difference between Saul and let's look at the difference between David. And we're going to just begin there in verse 8. We're in 1 Samuel 17. And he stood and he cried to the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants of Saul? Choose ye a man for you and let him come down to me and he be able to fight with me and to kill me. Then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, like he's already three times bigger than all the rest of them, then shall you be 
our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. See, the king should have been rising up and going after him right there. Give me a man that we may fight together. Then Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistines, and they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And they didn't say a word to him. Like, you big jerk, I'm going to take your head off. Because God's with me. They didn't say a word. Fearful people won't speak to the devil. They let the devil speak to them. Faith-filled people won't let the devil speak, but they do all the speaking to the devil. And as long as you're the one doing the speaking, you're not going to hear what they're yapping about, what the demons are talking about, if you're the one doing the speaking. Can I get an amen? You can't think fear away. You have to speak to it and take authority over it and tell it the way it's going to be. Somebody say amen. Number four. Three. Number, okay, number two. We're still on number two. Mouth, Mark eleven twenty four. When David spoke, I skipped that point. When David spoke, it was like Mark eleven twenty three. He spoke to the mountain. The mountain was removed. Amen? So remember that. You'll have whatsoever you say. That's why you have to say things to the devil. And then don't let this speak to your fears. You cast down the imaginations, and you have to speak, and you don't let the devil speak to you his fears. See, you speak to him, and then when he says something, you if he does say something, you contradict it and say, no, it's going to be this way. You say you're going to come kill me. Huh, no, I'm going to come kill you. I tell the devil sometimes how he's going to burn in hell for eternity. I talk to him about how he's under my feet and how Jesus defeated him and destroyed him and made an open show over him and how greater is he that's in me and how I submit for God, resist the devil, and he has to flee. I tell him all about him. He never tells me about me. So you need to learn to do that. Cowards don't do that. You need to be strong in faith. Can I get an amen? amen. Number four, know that fear is faith in the devil, and therefore it is a great sin for God. Let me say this again. Know that fear is faith in the devil. It's honoring the devil. It's esteeming the devil. It's exalting the devil. It's congratulating the devil on his dirty little uh, plan against you. It's coming into agreement with the devil. It's partnering with the devil. It's siding against God. That's what fear is. Somebody say amen. That's what fear is. It really is. That's why in Revelation 21, we find out uh, what God thinks about it. Turn there quickly. Revelation. And we'll look at that, 21.8. Look what it says. And it says, but he... But the fearful and the unbelieving, because the fearful is the unbelieving, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and the liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. But it starts out, it starts out, it starts out the list with the murderers and the whoremongers and it starts out with the fearful. Because fearfulness is the basis for all those other things to come in. Can I get an amen? Fear is at the top of the list for a reason. Because you could say 
you know, the faithful. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without fear, it's impossible to please the devil. With fear, it's impossible to please God because only by faith can you please him. So, you see, you enter into all these things by your fears. You enter into all the blessings of God by your faiths. Amen? Without, fear, without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, the fearful and the unbelieving will be the ones leading the, the, the parade to hell. Number five. Meditate on God's word concerning his love and protection. Joshua 1, uh, 9 tells us to be not dismayed nor be afraid. We're commanded to not be dismayed or afraid. Perfect love casts out all fear. You know, a troubled heart, know that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Know this, that uh, no evil shall befall thee, nor plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he gives his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. See, you can put your faith in all those scriptures, or you can forget about them and not take them serious. And then you won't have developed faith. You'll meditate on Fox News, and I watch Fox News, but I put more faith in than fears, and I don't let their fears mongering get into my heart. Can I get an amen? doesn't mean you, you have to deny. David didn't deny that Goliath came. He just says, I got something bigger and better. I've got God on my side, and I'm going to kill you today. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. So, um, it's just the way it is. Stupid. <laughs> Goliath must have been stupid. Anyway, he was just big. And, you know, I believe this, that a lot of people are fearful today. I believe a lot of people are sick because they're fearful. I believe a lot of people don't come to church because uh, they're fearful. I believe that they don't get saved because they're fearful. I believe they don't go forward and prosper. and They're not a success because they're fearful. I think a lot of people live in fear. And then their whole family learns to be in fear. And fearful parents t- teach children to fear. You know, Brother Hagin says, my mother taught me to worry. We don't need to worry about that right now. Oh, so we do later? Well, I'll worry about that later. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think about that right now. Everybody say that. I'll worry about. It. I'll put my faith in the devil for that later. <laughs> That's what they're doing. I'll put my faith in the devil uh, uh, and and worry about that later. We'll, we'll get our faith over there in the devil uh, later. How many of you people talk like that? See, that's really what they're saying, but they don't know it. They don't think about it. Do you? They, they don't think enough about what they're saying to realize what they're really saying. How many of you want to be in faith tonight? Let's all stand. Amen. We're going to close.